0: Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I started a series of messages about a four-week series on the word follow. I I don't want to be a pastor of Christians. I want to be a leader of followers. Followers. I want to lead people into following not me, but Jesus. It's not about having people following Christian Worship Center, it's about people following Christ. And the the world is filled with different ideas of what Christianity is all about. And you can do various things under the name of Christianity, but to be a follower of Christ is specific. To call yourself a follower of Jesus, you can't fake the funk. If you're going to be a follower, there's going to be some things that are going to be evident in your life. Because I can't live like Satan and say I'm a follower of Jesus. There there has to be some resemblance between me and the person I'm following. The one I'm learning from. In John chapter 3, verse 16, it's a scripture that we've, if you've been around the church for any amount of time, you've heard this before. In fact, you could recite it with me. Say it with me. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Like I shared that, this is a scripture that if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've heard this growing up, you've memorized it. In fact, how many have memorized that scripture? You know John three sixteen by heart. Lift your hand. Uh, I just, just kind of want to get an idea, kind of pulse for the room. You know, most of us have, have heard it, we know it, and we recite it because it's a great promise. How many know it's a great promise that if we believe in Christ that we have the hope of life? And so we were were taught to memorize scripture, memorize these things. But I shared with you last week that Jesus doesn't necessarily want us to memorize his word. He wants us to live it. I gave you the example that if you were going, if parents, if you were about to go to work and there were some things you wanted your kids to do before you left, you would tell them, uh, write a list of the things you wanted done. You came home, if none of those things were done, you'd be upset, right? What's going on? But if the kid looked at you and said, But mom, dad, I memorized everything you said to do. It's not the memorization that's important, knowing what your parents wanted, it's the doing that's important. And it's not enough just to memorize the word of God. It's that we have to live the word of God. We have to walk the word of God out on a daily basis. Now with that in mind, I want you to understand that Jesus spoke this promise at the dark of night to one individual in a private conversation. This wasn't something that he taught. John 3, 16 wasn't a teaching moment. But I want to show you a scripture that we are using for the next four weeks regarding what Jesus did preach. Luke chapter 9, verse 23. Turn your Bibles there as you're turning there. As soon as you get there, say amen. I want you to know, how many of you realize that it's better to be a follower than just a Christian? Christians don't change things, followers do. Because when I follow Jesus, I have the ability now to bring the power of Christ into situations. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 23, it says this. Then he said to to them all, if anyone, how many anyones are in the house this morning? Slap your neighbor, ask him, are you a anyone? Okay, I wanna know, are there anyone's in the house this morning? Yeah. Amen. When it says anyone, it means everyone. It doesn't matter what your background is, what your past is, what your color is, the things that you've gone through. He is literally inviting everyone, anyone that desires. That I told you that desire is starts everything. Desire is the ignition that creates everything in our lives. And so desire is what helps us lose weight. Desire is what gets us out of debt. Desire is the thing that helps us uh, when we just we decide to get married, to start a family. Desire Desire is the thing that pushes us to success. Everything in life starts with desire. Now, I need you to understand that right now, you are as close to God as you want to be. Not as you wish you be, but as you want to be. Because the choices that you've made, the things that you do, are the result of the desires that you truly have. We say we believe things, but it's our desires that prove what we really believe. And so that's why God tells us, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the of your heart, the desires. And when I delight myself in Christ, my desires change to match his. And so God has no problem fulfilling those things. Now, he says, come after me. I told you last week, listen to the podcast, that coming after me is a a romantic. It's a going after. It's a pursuing. And God wants us to pursue him the same way he pursued us. Where he, gave, he went all in. He gave his all for you and I. I want you to know your love this morning. Come on, just give yourself a hug right now. Just kind of just give yourself a hug. No one's hugged you today. Just give yourself a hug, all right? You know, don't, don't make out with yourself. Just hug, just, just hug yourself, all right? I want to go to the next statement this morning that he says, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Now, this isn't going to be a very popular message this morning. That's okay, because I'm not a very popular person. (laughs) Denying yourself isn't a message that we hear in the church today. In fact, we try to entice people to come to Christ based on what you're going to get, not what you have to give up. In fact, we're to get people to make we try to paint this great picture to the point where we try to make it look like it costs nothing to become a follower of Christ. Now you could say the prayer for free. You know, the sinner's prayer, Lord, come into my heart. It's a confessing's free. But to really be a follower, it costs you something. To be a follower of Christ, it's gonna cost you. To be a follower of Christ, someone that's going to go after Christ, it's going to cost you some things. And I want you to understand that when we talk about uh, who God is, we have a responsibility to respond to who God is in our lives. And so this morning, I want to introduce you to the follow. Everyone say the follow. I want you to understand that following Christ is the hard part, and that's really what it's truly all about. It's not about just... How, there, was a, there was a show years ago called Seinfeld. Anyone remember Seinfeld? And there, there, was a, there was a part in there in Seinfeld where he goes to rent a car, and he reserves a car. He, take, he gets a reservation for a car. When he gets there, they don't have the car. And he tells them, you know, but I made a reservation. She goes, yes, we have the reservation. She goes, but you don't have the car. And he goes, the the whole idea of a reservation is the hold. It's not the reservation. Anyone can take reservations. It's the hold that makes the reservation valid. Now, anyone can say the prayer. Yeah, I believe, I, I, I confess. Anyone can say the prayer. It's the follow that's important. Whether the prayer works or not determines on whether there's a follow after you make that decree, that declaration. And so I want you to look here. He says this. Then he said to them all. So he's he's teaching this. This is one of the teachings Christ gave to his disciples. In fact, he's trying to let them know that if you want to be a disciple, this is what's expected. You want to be a follower of Christ? This is expected. This isn't to just the few. This is what God is speaking to those that desire to come after him. And he says this, let them deny himself. Now, I want to talk about the deny because denying isn't normal. I mean, from the moment we were born, it's all about us. Say it again, pastor. From the moment we were born... It's all about us because when we when we were hungry we cried when we were dirty we we cried when it was all about my needs about taking care of me everything was about me and so denying ourselves is not a popular concept because we live in a society where it's a me first society it's all about me it's all about when my needs are going to be met when are you going to serve me when am i my am I next in line when when do i when's my turn when are you going to notice me and so we have people leave church because they weren't noticed. We have individuals walking away from jobs because they weren't valued. And so everything has become about me. It's a me first society. And yet Jesus, what he taught was so different than that. He talked about loving others more than yourselves. And yet what's a trip is this, is that Jesus is telling us here to deny ourselves. That word in the Greek literally means this. It means to turn away from somebody. So if I were to deny a person, I'm literally turning away from that person. Not only that, it means uh, to refuse association. Not just deny association, refuse to be connected with that person and also to disown. Now, now there, there, there's a quandary here because in one moment, Jesus says to love others as you love yourself. Amen? Then he tells you deny yourself. And in our minds, when I deny myself, I'm hating myself. But I need you to understand that true denying yourself really opens yourself up to love who you are. Because it's all the things that we let into our lives that really destroy us. And if you really loved yourself, you would deny yourself. If you really loved yourself, there's some people that you would break away from. If you really loved yourself, there would be some things you'd stop putting in your body. If you loved yourself, you would deny some thoughts from coming into your mind. Oh, somebody got to hear me this morning. You're, you're 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 not getting. We think that true loving ourselves is just letting everything in. When reality, true loving ourselves limits who has access. Now now let me take you somewhere. Many of us want to follow Christ, but we don't want to say no to ourselves. You say no to your kids, but you don't say no to you. Say no to everyone else, but you've never said no to you. If denying ourselves was easy, all of us would be in shape. (laughs) Pastor, round is a shape, okay. (laughs) The the, the reality (laughs) if if denying ourselves was easy, none of us would be in debt. If denying ourselves was easy, all our relationships would be in order. See, we want to follow Christ, but we don't want to say no to ourselves. And as we get older in life, it's, it's, it's the edit that helps us grow. You know, Some of you are, are in your 30s, 40s, 50s, that are no longer doing what you did in your 20s or your teens. Why? Because you edited those things out of your life. You grew up. You recognized those things weren't valid anymore. And some of you that are in your 40s, 50s, and 60s, still doing what you did in your teens I can pretty much judge where you're at right now. Come on. Now, now, I want you to understand something. In order to follow Jesus, we have to be able to say no to other paths in life. You cannot go down two paths at the same time. And the problem is this, is on Sunday mornings, I really believe that we all want to follow after Jesus, so we start following Jesus. But then as soon as we get out of church... We run back to the other path of me. And then when Sunday comes up again, we have to run all the way back. And get back to following Jesus. Now, am I following Jesus? Yes, pastor. The problem is Jesus is about four or five miles down the road now. Now, you're on the path. You just can't see him. You're, you're following the path. Yeah, I'm, I went back to the path. I'm back on, the, on track again. You just don't know where Jesus is. And we keep falling behind because every Sunday we make a decision to serve him. But every Monday through Saturday night, we're out there doing our own thing. And every time we decide to follow again, it gets, the distance gets bigger, bigger, bigger and bigger. You have to be able to say no, and many of us today, we say, I'll follow you Jesus, but I don't don't ask me to forgive someone that hurt me. I'll follow you Jesus, but don't ask me to give. I'll follow you Jesus, but don't ask me to serve. I'll follow you Jesus, but don't ask me to change. I'll follow you Jesus, but don't tell me to stop sleeping around, stop drinking, to stop cursing, to stop doing this. Many of us want to follow, but we don't want to change. You don't want to say no to yourself. And that's where the denying, where you literally are telling yourself, I disassociate even from myself. And we have a hard time for the, with that because we say we follow Jesus, but we have a society mentality. We say we follow Jesus, but we take advice from Oprah rather than the word. We say we follow Jesus, but we get our philosophies from Ellen. Oh, don't look at me like that. We say we believe the word, but our politics get in the way of the word. Because you're more Democrat or Republican than you are Jesus. I figured I'd say both of y'all because that way we stepped on both sides of the toes. And you independents. You don't know where you stand. <laughs> Just playing. Nothing like it. politics get people upset. In fact, take, take a look at this. This is what I'm trying to get, get to you. Barna, in the book Unchurched, said this. He says that over 65%, that's 65 people out of every 100 people between the ages of 18 and 42 years old, said that they had made a personal commitment to Christ. And that commitment was important to them. All right? In other words, they're saying that, that Christ is a valid part of their lives, an important part of their lives. Yet, those same people, only 23% of them believe sex outside of marriage is wrong. Some of you are sitting there like, well, what's wrong with that? You're part of that people. Because that means that of the 65% of you here, that there's about 18% of you or 23% that believe sex is wrong, isn't wrong. wrong as long as you love each other. Because you're not following... And only 13% believe that getting drunk is a sin. Yet the Bible says, do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Spirit. Okay, Pastor, wait a minute. <laughs> Chill here, man. You were funny last week. <laughs> Had me laughing about the Corvette and all that stuff. That was good stuff. You know, you were funny. Even John came home. From church last week, hey, P, you were you were like a comedian last week. You you had me rolling, man. Now this week you're you're, you're stepping. You know Sunday mornings is yours. Now you're stepping on my Saturday night. <laughs> Pastor, I'll give you I'll give you from nine thirty to to. and then I'm out. That's your time. But, you know, any other time belongs to me. And that's the problem is that we give God a certain window that belongs only to God. And outside that that realm, that God doesn't belong part of your family, doesn't belong in your finances, doesn't belong in my business, doesn't belong in my marriage, doesn't belong at my job, doesn't belong in my school, doesn't belong in my education, because we said a prayer, but we don't have a follow Yeah, there's only 65% of you clapping right now. <laughs> to be a follower of Christ is going to cost us something. I want you to notice the early followers. In fact, I want you to take a look at these scriptures. Write these things down or take a picture of it. I notice people don't take notes anymore. They take pictures of slides. Come on, pull a pen out. <laughs> Write something. Okay, I want you to notice Romans chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to also notice uh, Philippians one one. I want you to look also at James one one. Write these things down or take a picture of the slide. Second Peter one one and Jude one one. Now I'm just going to wait. I want, want you to. Well, I was going to have you, but I put the answer up there in front of it for you guys. I was going to have you look it up, and the answers are ready there. But I want you to notice something. When you look up these scriptures out of the New Living Translation Bible or any other Bible, the, the other versions will say bondservant. All the New Living Translation translation refers to them as slaves. So when you read Romans 1.1, 1, 1, it'll say Paul, a slave of God. You read Philippians, it'll say Paul, a slave of God. You read the book of James, James, a slave of God. You read the book of 2 Peter, Peter, a slave of God. You look at Jude, Jude, a slave slave of God. Are you catching the, the, the tone here? Now, you know what tricks me out? Peter, this dude walked on water. This dude won in his first sermon, 3,000 people to the Lord. This guy was like the, the leader of the early church. This guy had it going on. But instead of saying, Peter, the apostle, the water walker, the one that had the ability to step on the water and defy gravity, he's writing this book to you. Instead, he uses the term slave. I'm a slave of God. James, the half-brother of Jesus, not the apostle, but the half-brother of Jesus. Instead of saying James, grew up with Jesus. Shared a room with Jesus. Sat at the dinner table with Jesus every night. Watched Monday night football with Jesus. Broke bread and made wine with Jesus. Jesus, my half-brother, Jesus. He doesn't say that. His brother refers to himself as a slave. James, a slave of God. What was it that these guys had that a slave has no rights, no pride, no life? A slave doesn't have rights, so you can't infringe upon them. A slave has no life. Everything is for their master. A slave has no pride, so you can't ask them to do something that's beneath them or that's going to embarrass them. And so I want you to understand every one of these individuals had such a commitment to God because they were so sold out to God because they had been touched, they had been healed, they had been delivered, they had been saved, they had experienced Jesus face to face. And they weren't embarrassed to call themselves slaves of God. Every one of them was saying this, I belong to my master. And we talk about slavery today in the the free United States of America. That slavery is a bad term. It's a bad terminology. Yet in the early Jewish community, the slave was even worse. No one wanted to be a slave. Slavery was something that they were trying to get away from. They had spent 400 years in slavery to Egypt. That wasn't the right thing. And yet, now they're calling people to come and be slaves of God. That's a great recruiting tool, huh? Come follow Jesus and be a Jesus slave. Yet, that's exactly the message Jesus spoke. Deny yourself. Hey, turn away from what you want to do and do what I want you to do. Do you understand that in the, the Word of God, the New Testament focuses in that the, 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 the title that's used for Jesus more than ever is kurios? And kurios is the term Lord. Now, we say Lord, but we don't really realize what Lord is. Now, in those days when you said Lord, the people that heard that term knew exactly what, G, what they were referring to. They were talking about a slave-master relationship. Curios means master. Curios means Lord. They were literally saying, every time they said Lord, they were confessing that Jesus was their master and they were the slave. Oh, you got to catch this, folks. Because many of us have experienced Jesus as Savior, but you're afraid to experience Him as Lord. I want a Savior. We all want to get saved. Save me from hell. I don't want to burn. But we don't want a Lord. We don't want to tell someone telling us what to do. And his, under, his, his followers understood this day. It's gotten quiet in this place this morning. <laughs> Last week you were having such a great time. I want to take you somewhere on this. I'm not done. I want to take you somewhere on this. I, I want to reveal something to you. So the light's about to go on for some of you. So if some of you are stirred because you want to give God more, but you're like, man, what's the slave thing, Pastor? I'm having time. Can we change the terminology? Can we just say, you know, volunteer? Uh, can we just say instead of follower, can we just say, you know, uh, Jesus' right hand man? Can we just come up with a different terminology because if the, the terminology's throwing me off? You can't. It's being a follower, slave of God it's more of a, more, many of see many of you are slave to your emotions right now you're slave to an to to an addiction you're slave to money you're slave to success you're slave to family you're slave to your to your past so you're enslaved to something right now why not be enslaved to love <clears throat> now, let me take you somewhere on this notice this in Deuteronomy chapter 15 in the old testament there was a pattern of slavery that would take place when someone owed a debt that they couldn't pay. They, they would, instead of having to come up with money, they would sell themselves to slavery. And when they would go into slavery to pay off this debt, every seven years, that they, that they would have this, this time where if, if you were enslaved or if you owed a debt, that debt was wiped out. Somebody say amen. amen. You're like, man, why can't we go back to those days? Every, you know, buy a house on year six and have it forgiven on year seven. And not, not, that's the way they, they, they did it. They would come in and after six years, on the seventh year, the slave was set free. Because God didn't want his people to stay in slavery, so they were set free. Now, every so often, you would get a slave that said, I don't want to go anywhere. I, I, I like serving you. I came in single, and then I met another slave, and we hooked up. Now we got some little baby slaves. And when I was out there, I was in debt. Follow me. When I was out there, I was in debt. I was broke. I found myself lost, I was in bondage, now I came to serve you, and I found a wife, I found a family, I got security, I got children, I got a roof over my head, all my needs are taken care of. You know, this slavery thing really isn't as bad as people are making it sound. Uh, The light's going to go on for some of you people that don't like to work here. No, I'm just kidding. Let Let me show you something here, okay? Deuteronomy verse 16 of chapter 15 says this, but suppose your servant says, you're Jubilee guys, you can go free, you're out of here, everyone get your stuff, get out. There would be a couple slaves that would literally stop and say, "Uh, I don't want to go anywhere. See, because if they came in by themselves, they had to leave by themselves. So if they got married in slavery, they couldn't take their wife with them because the slave didn't belong to them. Follow me? The kids. So every so often you would get a slave that would say, I will not leave you. Come on, somebody. Because he has to. Because he's obligated. Because he's afraid of his master. What's the word say? Because he Because he loves. There's only one reason a slave would choose to be a slave church. There's only one reason someone would say, I don't want to go anywhere. There's only one reason a person would say, I don't want to get set free. Being here under your covering is the best freedom I've ever experienced. And so he would say this, because he loves you and your family and And he has done well with you, man. I didn't have anything when I got here. I was broke. That's what sent me into slavery. But now that I'm with you, I got this fine wife. I got this wonderful husband. I got these kids. I got a house. I got a job. I have purpose. Didn't have anything before, but when I came under you, all that stuff, I found it. So they made provision for them. They said, "Okay, for those of you that don't want to go free, come here." They bring them over to the doorpost of the house. That's where ear piercing came from. They they would they would take you to the doorpost and with an awl they would put an awl on the door, nail it through your ear on the door, and leave you there. I'm just kidding. They would put the hole in the ear, and then they would slide an earring into it. Now, whenever you saw an individual with an earring walking around in the public square, they had an outside mark of an internal commitment. That wherever they went, there's a bondservant. There's a slave. That person isn't in slavery because they have to be. That person's in slavery because they chose to be. And so there was a mark. I want to know, have you been marked? Can people tell who you follow? Just by looking at you, can we tell there's a mark on your life? Or are you a bondservant to the enemy or are you a bondservant to Jesus? Whose mark is on your life based on your serve, based on your follow? How is your follow today? How's your follow? I didn't ask, how's your church attendance? Didn't ask what your tithing report says. Didn't ask how many times you volunteered at the soup kitchen. I asked, how's your follow? How's your follow today? Do you have an outside mark of an internal work that people can look on the outside of you and see that there is a commitment that you made to follow after God? Are you willing to be marked for life? See, it's only in a slave relationship where you and I truly find freedom. Because when I come under the leadership and the authority of God, I don't know how it happens, folks. I've experienced it, but I don't know how to explain it to you. But when I come under as a slave and I give up everything to God and I say, God, I'm going to follow you. When I decide to follow him, when when I didn't follow him, I was making decisions that were getting me in trouble. But when I made a decision to follow him, all of a sudden a wife came in and then all of a sudden my children came in and then the job came in and then the blessings came in. And all the grace and mercy started following me as I was following him. I need you to understand when you make a choice to follow after God and deny yourself. God invites you not to get rich. He invites you to deny yourself. He doesn't invite you for fame. He did invites you to deny yourself. And then I don't know how it works, but in the process of being a slave to God... I become a son. Did you catch that? That in the process of being a slave, you become his daughter. That, that you choose to serve him so much that God says, okay, you served long enough. Now, I'm just going to make you part of the family. Not a slave any longer. I'm bringing you as an, I'm adopting you. You're, you're a son in this house now. You're, you're a daughter in this house now. It's, something, it's amazing the way God does this. And, you know, John, if you could help me, I want you to understand something. The story of Millard and Linda Fuller. Have you ever heard of them? Anyone? These individuals were, were just multimillionaires, doing great, a lot of money. Family was doing great. They had trips whenever they wanted to go, anything a person could want. But their marriage was struggling. He had gone out and he came back after celebrating a vacation or on a trip or something. He comes back home and his wife is sitting there, there, there at the, not the home, but to the hotel room. And when he comes in, he says, his wife is just unhappy. It's like, I'm just not happy. You would think with all the money, you would think with all the success that, that there would be peace in the marriage, but there's no peace there. And they begin to talk and begin to realize that they just weren't happy. They weren't they 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 believed in God but they weren't following after God and they they got together and said, We wanna make a difference. We don't wanna just we just don't wanna go through the motions. We wanna make a difference. I don't know about you, I want my life to count. I don't want to just stand before God and God said, man, you have a great bank account, Dan. You had a great house. You drove a great car. You know what? Well, not, we got an average car. But you got, you got, you, got, you know, you have, you have X, Y, Z. You got, you had a 401k. You had great insurance. You had a great retirement fund. Great job. That's not what God's going to judge me on. When it's all over, that's not what's even going to count. After I die, I'm going to be written about by the things that I accomplished with people and those I left behind. Millard and Linda decided, we're going to take our riches we're going to get rid of it all. It's like the rich young ruler. Rich young ruler said, no, I I just can't do it. The Fullers decided, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna do it. Well, when their pastor heard about it, the pastor called them in. He says, hey guys, you, you don't have to get crazy now. Don't don't, we, we, you can hold on to what you know. Just, just just moderation. You don't have to get all crazy and you're following after God, Pastor. He's afraid the tithing's gonna disappear you, you don't have to, don't, don't go, you know, just, just be, God, God doesn't want you to walk away from everything. But they knew in their hearts this is what God called them to. So they established a non-profit organization that I think many of you have heard of. Called Habitat for Humanity. Where they create homes and build homes for those that can't afford a home. And they help them get in. In fact, Habitat for Humanity built a house for my sister-in-law in in Colorado. And if they hadn't done and gave their follow to Jesus at the measure that they did, my sister-in-law wouldn't have a home to call her own. I've seen the effects of what the Fuller's commitment to Christ can do. Going all in with Christ doesn't mean all of a sudden you have to join the worship team. Or become an usher at the church. That might be part of it. But it's bigger than that. Giving all of yourself to God. It begins to recognize that I've been created to make a difference. And when I deny myself. I stop building my kingdom. And I start building his. It doesn't take away from personal success. It just makes personal success that much more sweet. And you're able to do more. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.